Well, God bless you. This is yours truly, Prophet Karn, and I'm coming to you uh, again to minister to you. A second part to the message is already done. Of course, if, if you've not heard the first part of the message is already done, I want to encourage you to go ahead and listen to it on the podcast. It's already done. And that message in its entirety, in order to get it, of course, go to BrianCarn.com or just call the number but all of the information that you need will be ready and available but it's already done as I began to teach on that teach that teaching really gave us a revelation and an understanding that faith is not in the future faith is not trying to get God to do something but faith is an understanding and a revelation that it's already done, that God has absolutely done everything that we need according to Ephesians chapter 1. I showed you in that last teaching how that God chose us, He predestinated us, He accepted us into the beloved. He did all of these things and God is never responding to me. But in actuality, I'm responding to Him. I love Him because He first loved us. But I want to talk to you a little bit today about you got to balance it out. I want to give you a good balance and a good revelation between grace and faith because I did a great teaching on grace on this already done. But I want to give you the other part of it so you can balance it out. You know, a false balance is an abomination to God, but a just weight is his delight. That's what the word of God says. The God you serve is a God of balance. Second Peter 1 and 3 declares that he's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So God is a God of balance. He's not a God that's out of order, crazy. 1 Corinthians 14, 40 says, let all things be done decently and in order. So we can see very clearly that God is a God of balance. And of course, it's wonderful to get a great understanding on grace. I believe you need it, but you got to get a good understanding of faith also. But faith is belief that God has already done everything. It's not in the future. It's always in the eternal now because that's what God is. God lives in the eternal now. I tell people all the time, you can't get a picture of God because if you take a picture of now, by the time it develops, it'll be then. For God lives in the eternal now, and God has already done everything that we need him to do. He's already healed you. He's already delivered you. He's already provided for you. He's already restored you. And it shows us that if there's an issue going on, nothing is wrong with heaven's transmitter. God transmitted healing. He transmitted deliverance. He transmitted everything you were going to need for your Christian walk. He transmitted it 2,000 years ago. And if you are not a recipient of what he's transmitting, we must come to the realization that nothing is wrong with the transmitter, but something is wrong with our receiver. And maybe we need to bring our receiver to a higher place. We need to adjust it. There must be a change in our thinking. The word of God declares in all you're getting, get an understanding. That's Proverbs 4 and 7. So maybe there must be a change in the way we think and our understanding. 
And until we get a revelation and an understanding, I believe we're going to be held back. But let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. And when you look at Ephesians, remember this is written to people who have an understanding that Christ has already done everything. It's Ephesians chapter 2 that starts off and says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and tent. Notice that's in the past tense. He already quickened you among whom also we had conversation. All of these things are in the past. Look at verse 6. And hath raised us up together and hath made us sit together in heavenly places. You're not going to be in heavenly places, but you're already in heavenly places, and you've already been raised up together, according to Ephesians chapter 2. And the Bible declares in verse 8, for by grace are ye saved through faith. Did you get that? By grace are ye saved through faith. God already made you alive in the past. So that means when I pray, my prayer is, Father, I thank you that I have the resurrection power of God living on the inside of me. According to Ephesians chapter one, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is was living on the inside of me. And I speak to this condition in my body and I command it to go. Why? Because you already have the resurrection power of God working on the inside of you. But Philemon chapter one, verse six declares that the only way your faith works is you have to acknowledge it. You have to acknowledge what's on the inside of you. And what's on the inside of you is the same thing that Jesus had in him when he was walking the earth. According to 1 John 4, 17, he said, as, he said, as I am, so are you in this world. Right now, in this very present world, as God is, that's how you are in this world. You have a new nature 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is. He is not going to be. He is not after he stops drinking, not after he stops smoking, not after he stops doing drugs. No, the minute you accept Christ into your life, you are a new creature. It is not in the future. It is in the now. You are a new creature. Your spirit man is saved. And always remember, when God communicates with you, he does not communicate with your flesh, but he communicates with your spirit. St. John 4, 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him high in spirit. So whenever God deals with us, he deals with us in the spirit. I really want you to understand that, because if you don't, you will not understand anything else that I'm telling you. You are a spirit with a soul that lives in a body. And the part of you that is a new creature today, right now, is your spirit, not your flesh. Your flesh is still old. Your soul is being renewed. But your spirit, man, is a new creature. And the Bible declares that you have a new nature right now. But you're not just saved by grace alone. And I said you have to listen to the beginning of this series because I talked to you about the grace of God. But you're not saved by grace alone. You are saved by grace through faith. Not just grace, not just faith, but you need both of them. 
it's kind of like sodium chloride. You know, too much sodium will kill you. And too much chloride will kill you. But the right amount of sodium and the right amount of chloride, if you put it together, you have something called salt. Grace alone doesn't save you. Neither does faith alone save you. And if grace alone saved you, everybody would be saved. But what happens in the body of Christ, if you have a grace crew and you got a faith crew, you got the faith crew that believe you have to do all of these works. Then you have the grace crew that believe you don't have to do nothing at all. And all error is, is one truth taken at the expense of other truths. So a person a lot of times won't teach grace because they're afraid if you teach grace, people are going to live any kind of way. Well, guess what? Folk are going to live any kind of way no matter what you teach. But then you got the faith people who are so bound by works and works and works and don't have a revelation of the grace of God. And both of them are in error. And all of it is because they are taking one truth at the expense of other truths. There must be a balance. You got to balance this thing out. And according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, you are saved by grace through faith. Now, let me get a good understanding and help you understand what grace is. Because the Bible deals with the manifold grace of God. But to give you a really good understanding of grace, grace is God's unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor. You got that? Unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor. That's what grace is. If you have to meet a minimum standard, it's not grace. If you have to do any work, it's not grace. If I have to jump, scream, turn around, if I got to holler, if I got to stop drinking, stop smoking in order to receive it, it's not grace. Because grace is unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor. No minimum standard, no kind of works, not to receive grace. You got that? Okay. Not only is that grace, but grace is also something that Christ did for you, independent of you. So by grace, he died without you ever doing anything, without you dotting every eye, without you crossing every T. He did not wait to see if you were going to get saved. He did not wait to see if you were going to change, but by grace, he died for you. He predetermined his death before you ever decided to come to him. He made provision for you to eat of the tree of life. And it was done prior to you accepting him. That's grace being done for you, but it's also done independent of you. That's grace. But not only is grace something done for you independent of you, not only is grace undeserved, unmerited, and unearned favor, but grace is consistent. It's not based on performance. It's the same towards everybody. Atheists, child molesters, murderers, whoremongers, liars, cheaters, thieves, Adolf Hitler, Ted Bundy, 
Bill Cosby, all of them received the same amount of grace. But if grace alone saved you, everybody would be saved. Grace is not enough because everybody gets grace. It's consistent and it's not contingent upon what you do. It's all on what he did. So everybody receives grace. Titus 2 and 11 says the grace of this gospel has appeared unto all men. That's Titus 2 and 11. So if grace alone saved you, everybody would be saved. But you're not saved by grace alone. You are saved by grace through faith. And the way we respond to grace is by faith. You got that? I said, the way you respond to grace is by faith. Faith is not something you do. It's not quoting a bunch of scriptures. It's not filling out applications. It's not jumping up and down. By faith, I believe. By faith, I'm dancing. No, faith is not something you do. It's not confessing. It's not acting and doing things to move God. Because if I have to do something to move God, that puts the burden on me to perform. And if the burden is on me to perform, it's not faith. Nothing you can do moves God. So faith doesn't move God. People say, I got to move God with my faith. God isn't stuck. So if you're doing all these works and jumping and screaming and gorilla flips and jumping up and down and hollering and screaming, thinking that's going to move God, that doesn't move God. God isn't stuck. That's works. But what causes you to tap into the blessing is my grace through faith. Faith is my positive response to what grace has already provided. He healed me. He delivered me already. He set me free already. I have the healing power of God resident in my spirit. My spirit, man, is whole. But faith is my positive response to what grace has already provided. So if you're trying to get a response, it's not faith. Faith only appropriates what God has already provided by grace, because God isn't doing anything new. People keep saying, oh, God's doing a new thing. I get what they're trying to say, but everything is already done according to Ecclesiastes chapter three. He has made everything beautiful in his time. He doesn't add anything to it, neither does he take anything away. It's already done. Come on, say that again. It's already done. I want you to get this because I'm putting a balance between grace and faith because grace says it's already done and it is. But faith is my positive response to what grace has already provided. Am I making sense? Mark chapter 11, verse 23 and 24 declares, Verily, verily, I say unto you, if you shall say unto this mountain, for whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not die in thy heart, but believe it, the things which you say shall come to pass. You shall have whatsoever you say. Now, faith only appropriates what grace has already provided. So you that scripture right there says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. That says that it's available to whoever, 
And then verse 24 says, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have them. It says whatsoever. And if you look up that in the Greek, it means whatsoever. But it can only be what God has already provided through grace. You can't believe God for somebody else's husband because adultery has not been provided in the atonement. You can't decree and believe for God to kill somebody because murder has not been provided in the atonement. Well, Father, I'm believing you to kill my husband, kill my wife. Lord, you said whatsoever things I desire, believe that I receive and I all right, I desire, no, no, that's not been provided by grace in the atonement. Faith only works for what grace has provided. Am I making sense? God is not responding to what you do. That's not faith. Faith is my response to what grace has already provided. It's my response to what Christ has already did. First Peter chapter two, verse 24. And I know I seem a bit redundant because this is a scripture that I do quote a lot so that I can get people to get an understanding of it because so many people in the body of Christ are sick. But first Peter two twenty four says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. You were healed 2,000 years ago when Christ died on Calvary's cross. You were healed right then. God's not healing. You are healed. God transmitted healing 2,000 years ago. And if I'm not healed, nothing is wrong with the transmitter. Something is wrong with my receiver. But I got to learn how to receive it by faith. Are you hearing that? You have to learn how to receive what Christ has already done by faith. And it's not just sitting up in your room, time or something, you're waiting on the Lord. Well, I confess the scriptures and now I'm just waiting. No, 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 no. Waiting on the Lord does not mean just sitting around doing nothing, looking wonderful, not giving him any glory, just sitting there, sitting at home, praying, waiting. No, Pray, waiting on the Lord is like a server in a restaurant. Do you notice that the server, whenever you go get waited on, your server is always busy moving? Matter of fact, you don't like a server who's still. You like a server who keeps your glass full of water. You like a server who always uh, is attentive and in tune to what your needs are. Without you asking for more drink, they've already provided it. Without you asking for napkins, they're already on the table. Don't have to ask for a straw. It's already there. If something is wrong with the food, they're paying attention. They are attuned to you. That's uh, what waiting on the Lord is. Waiting on the Lord is being sensitive to him. It's being attuned to him. And they that wait on the Lord, he'll renew your strength. That's Isaiah 40. 
So you don't just sit around waiting the Lord and do nothing. And I could talk about that forever. But I want you to understand that 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 you have to have an attitude of understanding that, Father, I thank you that I'm already healed right now. I'm already delivered. My needs are already met. I already have the provision that I need. Right now, I'm in the middle of a project for the church in Charlotte. And I told the Lord, I thank you that everything that the church is going to need has already been provided. And guess what I do? Now I speak to that money and I command that money to come now because I am the one who is responsible for saying to the mountain, be thou removed. Does it make sense? So Father, I thank you that we have everything we need today. And then you speak to that because you have the resurrection power of God in you. You already are healed. That's why Peter in Acts chapter three was able to look at that lame man and say, such as I have, what do I have? I have the resurrection power of Jesus resident on the inside of me. I have as much God in me as Jesus had in him when he was walking on the earth. And I, so basically he looked at the man and said, are you ready to receive? He said, because when, when you look at me in my spirit, man, is Christ in his fullness, not in a measure. I have Christ in his fullness. And if a person is ready to receive and their faith is in neutral, they can't be in park now. If a person's faith is in park, ain't nothing you can do. But if their faith is in neutral, glory to God, and they are ready to receive, they looked at him and they said, such as I have, give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And guess what? Right at that very moment, that man was healed. Why? Because he had enough faith. And his faith was in what was already done. Am I making sense? They're fastening their eyes on this man to see that he had enough faith. And when they saw that he had enough faith and they had a revelation. Do you know why Peter and them could speak with such boldness? The reason they was able to speak with such boldness is because they were not trying to get God to heal him. They knew that he was already healed and they commanded the power because they knew that he was already healed. I'm telling you today that once you get a revelation that everything is already done, your life will not be a life trying to get God to do anything because it's already done. And you're not commanding God to heal because he already healed, but you are commanding what was already done at Calvary. You know, this is not the end of the message, but if you want the rest of this message in its entirety, I want you to go to briancarn.com or go to call the, uh, the ministry at 912-439-390. You dial that number and um, you can get this message in its entirety. Now, listen to me when I tell you this. Your, 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 your breakthrough has already been taken care of. 
God has already provided everything that you're going to need. But you must get a good understanding of faith and grace. So if you need this message in its entirety, 912-439-3901. You can get all the information and tell them you want the it's already done. You got to balance it out. It's part two of this series for the message in its entirety. Well, Father, I thank you for the revelation knowledge that you've given us and you're raising up a people that will trust you and will walk in faith and grace. In Jesus' name, more grace. Thank you for listening to the Prophetic Podcast with Prophet Brian Karn. Stay tuned for next week's podcast and visit briancarn.com for more information and to sow a seed into the ministry. To receive this message in its entirety, call on 912-439-3901. More grace, we're excited about your future.